Under the Helmet. You do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. Tell you, man, you leading the league in hydration. I got a dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to the Helmet. Looking at some long-term player value fantasy football. I'm your host, Chad Parsons. Got Katie Flower here. And this week, the official show of uthdynasty.com, we're going to be talking about the players in Dynasty held back most by their current situation. So this could be lamenting about what's going on right now, this year, the past month, uh, or maybe a macro thing that's been going on for years. But as we know, it's a two-pronged thing for player value. You've got player talent, and ability, profile, and then you've also got what great or stinky situation are they going into? I always think, uh, I don't know about you, Katie, but I always think the, the funny one is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, where you know going to the greatest situation in the history of Earth, and now I think there's plenty of people who are like, Edwards-Hilaire held back by, I don't have him on my list, I don't think you have him on your list either, but I just think he's an interesting one where it was deemed a great situation, and Jonathan Taylor maybe not so much in terms of situation when they were coming out. And now you look and you say Colts, good situation. And then Chiefs, maybe not so good situation for Edwards Alaire. Uh, you know, there it's Patrick Mahomes' world, it's Andy Reid's world, and it's not really Clyde Edwards Alaire's world. That was just one I thought of uh, right off the bat where it's where situation changes. Talent, hopefully, fingers crossed, does not for quite some time until some age and uh, injury erosion happens with these players. But uh, what was your general approach here? Kind of thinking about players, uh, was this a is this a personal wish list uh, that you put together, or is this more of? I mean, these are big time talents, and imagine them in an actual good, categorically good situation. I think actually another one would be Jared Goff, right? I mean, we're seeing the difference between maybe going from one of the best situations in the NFL to now one of the, the most suboptimal. And you take a quarterback that looked really good. People talked about him as potentially winning a Super Bowl or MVP, and now to being almost in super flex irrelevant as well. You're tossing me a ton to unpack, but I will start off by saying this. Anybody that's listened to me throughout the years, I've been very consistent and I would rather have talent over situation 100% of the time because what's my favorite saying? Cream rises to the top. And, and so guys like DeAndre Swift, not in the greatest situation, always in a negative game script, not utilized to the best of their ability, frustrating, yes, but you know the situation changes. Talent doesn't change. Talent is talent is talent. And so I'm going to get off my soapbox and hand it back to you in a second here. When it comes to the frustration of fantasy football, there are some players that are whirlwind, catch them lightning in a bottle, catch them for that three-week, four-week period of time where they're the best. At a very low price, pick them up off the waiver wire, for example. That's going to help you win you your league. But being patient with those where 
the situation sinks for those that have the talent, you have to be patient because you got to let the cream rise to the top. Jonathan Taylor, perfect example. I can't even believe that they would draft Clyde Edwards-Alaire over Jonathan Taylor. We discussed that on NFL draft live, everything. We or, were all DeAndre, or DeAndre Swift. Or exactly. Or Any, DeAndre Swift. Anybody else. We said anybody, anybody else. else. You had your choice of every running back in the class, and you picked the one guy over the next like 20 picks you couldn't pick. Right. And then now you look at the people who took Clyde Edwards-Alaire over Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, all those guys. And now you look back and you think, hmm, did I get the best bang for the buck? You, you drafted situation over talent. Situation changes. Talent doesn't. Yeah. And imagine, imagine the Chiefs right now. If you know Mahomes, let's control the offense. Our defense needs a rest. They're not very good. Imagine if they could lean on someone like Jonathan Taylor in the ground game. And this isn't fictitious stuff, like you said. I mean, going back to the draft show, it's like, can you believe one running back in this class went in the first round? And it was not Swift. It was not Taylor. It was not anybody of these other guys. It was Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who started out the process like late day two or day three, rose all the way up to being now being discussed as the first running back off the board. So yeah, that's a great example. Um, I was going to ask you a cooking question. The cream rises to the top. So what, like, other than milk, uh, that's probably a milk phrase. But when you're cooking, like, do you ever put milk into something that's boiling, like some liquid? Do you put cream into something where you watch it as a as a chef, as a as a cook, as a baker? Do you see it rise? Like, is that actually? Something you physically see? Not no, not, okay. not. I mean, I put cream and I put milk and I put it's, half it's the skim milk. It's the skim milk versus it, the cream. No, it's about it's it's just about if you have the milk fats. The milk fats <laughs> are the cream. The milk fat rises to the top. Yeah. And so, if you have ever milked a cow and then you just sit there and you watch, yeah. then yeah, the solids rise to the top. The the cream rises to the top and then they skim off the cream and then they leave the milk below. So you got the milk fat separated from the milk. That's where that phrase comes from. Do you, do you think I've ever milked a cow? I don't think you ever have. <laughs> you, I have not. Do you think I've ever worn a tool belt? I probably, yes, I do think that you've at least worn a tool, tool I, belt. No, the only time I wore a tool belt was when I was a little kid and I, was, I was dad's helper. Cor- correct. But since the age of like six, I have not worn a tool belt. Okay. So I, I got you I, on both I, those accounts. I saw a tool belt today and I thought to myself, I don't even think I'm manly enough to wear this. <laughs> I think I would just look ridiculous. I think they would think I'm, I'm going to be like Tim Allen on Home Improvement for, uh, for uh, Halloween if, if they saw a tool belt on me. You know, the other thing is, I think the tool belt would be too shiny. You know, you get a brand new tool belt. You got to break it in. Otherwise, it looks ridiculous, right? It's kind of right. like a uh, it's kind of like a gun holster. You gotta you gotta break it in. It's got to be like a catcher's mitt. It's got to be uh, good to go. You know, it has to look like it's from the 1940s. For be like, oh yeah, my grandpappy used to have this. <laughs> used to have it when I used to put railroad ties in this thing. <laughs> um, all right, so so I'm gonna start out with my first guy here. Okay. Uh, so held back by situation. 
player I like, actually a player a few weeks ago, one of the, in my opinion, one of the signature wins of the season for, you know, maybe top five uh, of the, of the NFL. And that was Matt Ryan winning over the saints. And that was considered, you know, big time defense, Matt Ryan rubbing sticks together. He's got no Julio Jones and he only had him partially, you know, over the last couple of years, no Calvin Ridley, no Cordell Patterson right now. And Mike Davis is disappointing. What does he have other than a triple covered by Bill Belichick, Kyle Pitts? The answer is he doesn't have anything. So he, in my opinion, I hope he drops through the floor because I'm looking to get some more super flex shares because this situation absolutely stinks. I don't know if he's out of Atlanta. I know the dead cap is high, but he's quarterback 27. And frankly, I mean, you can't expect a lot better with how things are going and the way things are crumbling around him. Russell Gage is doing nothing. They have almost nothing. It was Patterson and Pitts, and now you don't even have that. So I, I'm super frustrated with that. Well, to be super flex uh, relevant, he doesn't have the greatest fantasy uh, playoff schedule. So if I were to buy low, I'd be buying low thinking about next year, not this year, because right. his fantasy schedule, he's playing the number one and the number three overall defenses against the pass in weeks 14 and 16, not you're getting, a great, you're getting them for 2022. Exactly. You're getting them for next year. And I mean, I think you could even wait into the off season and maybe even buy him even lower when the, everything, the season is, is done. And he's, he's faced those couple of really, really hard defenses and people are looking at him like, man, he's old, he's done, he's washed. And they sell him for a third. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, you got any quarterbacks on your list? It's like a game of guess who? Is he wearing glasses? <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of. I've got a rookie quarterback uh, in mind and the entire wide receiver core as a whole because of it. But I, any the Jaguars, basically the Jaguars offense, quarterback and wide receiver core, especially. I think, you know, I, I'm not a big, huge fan of uh I can't even think of his name right now. The Urban Meyer. I'm not a big Urban Meyer fan. Urban Meyer in the NFL, not so much. Not so much. Hasn't really done anything for me. And Trevor Lawrence is not as bad as what he's been looking like, but he's been looking like Kaka in year one. Huge discount. Huge discount. More so than the wide receivers. But I think any of the wide receivers that play for Urban Meyer right now, until he his time is expired, somebody else takes the, the realm, the helm. Um, no, I think he it, it's a holding back situation. Do you think that Trevor Lawrence is the same or more expensive or less expensive than when we were back in rookie drafts and he was doing one on one? I think he's less expensive now. Yeah, I was surprised to see. I mean, he was going for a little more than Trey Lance, who was going clearly behind him in uh, in rookie draft, and he basically hasn't hasn't played. Um, yeah, I, I think that th- there's an opportunity to get him. I mean, he was up into the top eight, ten dynasty quarterbacks back then. You know, when he was the mystery box on the display floor uh, of the uh, of the store there. So, so yeah, I think I wrote down Lavisca Chenault as one of my guys as well, just because he's the most dynasty centric, right. and, and I just. It frustrates me seeing Chenault being used. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence is an extension of this. Of just what are they doing? 
I feel like they have no plan. They go into these games. I still don't know how they built beat Buffalo, but uh, well, frankly, they scored nine points or something. So uh, it's not like it was on the, the, the hand of their offense. So I just, with LaVisca Chenault, he's running all these short routes there. I, I just, it's very frustrating. We talked about him in the off season on progressing as a route runner. And I mean, he has a rare unicorn profile and yet he's doing largely nothing. He yeah. blends in like you can't even if you start him, it's like you're starting him because he's like the last man, last legit man standing on your on your depth chart. It's not because you're excited about like the matchup for Lawrence and Chenault and these guys. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's the infrastructure. It's the macro you know, view of this team that is just it's off. I can't wait till we get to the offseason. I can't wait till they bolster things around Trevor Lawrence. And I hope we have a different coach and a different trigger man putting this all together. And Lawrence, you know, he, he's doing his best, his best job, you know, to like I saw him with his arm around Urban Meyer when they won a game, you know, or or whatever. But it's like yeah, he's, going, he's going, but he's going to play, you know, the you know, the, the absolute pinnacle role he should be playing, which is super positive. You know, let's get things together. I mean, I see him between snaps and he'll like have a receiver drop a ball. It'll tip into an interception and he just shut, he, he just shuck, uh, shoves it off. And it's really great to see that sort of mental perseverance snap to snap and loss after loss after loss after he barely, barely ever lost in college. He's showing a lot and I think it will do him a good service uh, you know, a few years down the line when, like you said, talent will remain and situation will change. Well, it's kind of like your favorite cryptocurrency that's at 0. 0.00004. And you know, it's got only up. So you're going to just keep doubling down and keep buying. It's like, I'm going to keep buying LaVishka Chenault. I'm going to keep buying Trevor Lawrence. I have faith and believe in them as a talent. And as I said, cream rises to the top. I think those guys are cream. And when I when Lavishka Chanel first came out, his price tag was way too high. He was already priced at a ceiling, and we both didn't like that price tag. But now, I think we would agree he's a buy. He's so cheap. <laughs> Keep buying that cryptocurrency that's so low; it's going to go up. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, all right, mine is a, a low hanging fruit here. I'm going to mention Miles Sanders. And I have been, I really didn't think I would be if you go all the way back to the rookie draft. What, that was the uh, Josh Jacobs class, right? It was Jacobs yeah, and Sanders 17. as the top, two of the top uh, running backs in that class. David Montgomery, I think as well, on yeah. um, the memory yeah. serves. So, um, but here, here's what I don't like. So Miles Sanders in the early part of the year, they, uh, they don't run the ball. You know, they're like allergic to running the ball. Then Miles Sanders goes out. Like I'm looking here, the first seven games of the season. So Sanders playing wasn't hurt. He had only three of seven games with more than 10 carries. 10. Then he leaves. What happens that very next game with the Lions? They run the ball all over the yard. They, they, they run for 200 plus yards. All of a sudden, they become the Michael Vick, TJ Duckett, uh, Warwick Dunn Falcons. You know, it's like, what are we doing? And then, so now they're running the ball. But now what do they do? Oh, let's have a giant uh, a committee. We're going to run the ball 40 times, but our, our quarterback is going to run almost half of them. We got Jordan Howard playing like it's 2016. You got Boston Scott. I mean, feed Miles Sanders. And here's the other part. How about you feed him in the passing game, for goodness sake? He had one target this past week. I hate it. 
I hate what's going on. He can run wheel routes. He can run downfield, you know, targets. He can do anything. And I feel like he is locked in a box with the Eagles. And I just, can he get out of Dodge? And I know that's not like imminent and coming up or anything, but it so frustrates me with Miles Sanders, the talent. And this is where you do get locked in with a rookie contract and you can say situation change. I feel like things haven't truly been good for Miles Sanders yet in his career. And yet he's going to get to 25, 26 years old. He stayed for a senior season at Penn State. And it's going to be a while. And it's going to be, he might be get to 28, 29 years old. And we're like, he's one of those what if players. Because by the time he gets somewhere good, my, watch him be 27. And it's like, oh, remember that, what he can do? And then he'll have his best season. And his dynasty stock is already through the floor because he's too old. Yeah. Uh, uh, nine. He's averaging nine points per game. Fantasy points per game this year. And he, he's, it, it's insane. Somebody, he's 24 years old, 25 in May, prime of his career, perfect stake ass and he can't get the carries he can't get the receiving he has both (laughs) jalen hurts isn't throwing to running backs like that's a jalen hurts issue in terms of the targets and then you're saying he's splitting time with all these other backs jalen hurts more carries than miles sanders horrible a mobile quarterback can increase the efficiency of a running back but it sure hurts their touchdowns and sure hurts their volume because teams will look at it and be like, okay, well, we're in some, some quarterback, but you know, we're going to take that away from the running backs is how it typically works. So no bueno. Yeah. Running back 43 yeah. in per game. Uh, who he's, do you got? He's definitely being held back by a situation. Another one that's being held back by a situation. And it looks like his situation is changing daily. Um, just the first of, of dominoes to fall, uh, Jason Garrett, the clapper, got fired today. But Saquon Barkley, man, like his talent deserves way better than that New York Giants offensive line. We the saw the talent. The usage, just everything. Like I know that other running backs have somewhat succeeded in that offense. Like Devontae Booker has looked fairly good in replacement for Saquon Barkley while he was hurt, but he wouldn't be hurt if he wasn't behind such a freaking sieve offensive line. And he wouldn't, I mean, I think that he would be excelling in almost oh. any other offense yeah. out there. Uh, and I know that most teams in the NFL don't invest in big running backs, but Frick, he was the second overall pick in the first round. There was talk That's, about taking a 101. Exactly. They All the Mel Kuyper stuff would be like, oh, well, I don't take running backs in the first round. But you know what? On my big board, there's an argument for Sequin Barkley to be the number one overall prospect in that draft class. And yeah, Barkley in the, the two-week sample, what was it? Week three, week four, 50 PPR points in those two weeks. And you actually saw the... He's coming back. He's feeling it from the knee injury. Now he got the ankle. He was out for a stretch. This past game, 12, 12 touches. What are you doing, Giants? 12 touches. You better be soft selling him in terms of his return because he's your chance to win. Saquon Barkley is your chance. Leaning on uh, Daniel Jones is not your chance to win. Right. It's not. Like, and so is he going to be another one where you go, it's overt? But can he get out of there? Can something change with the Giants? Like you said, 
it's been bad. So, like you said, the penny stuff, uh, the crypto, it can only go up, right? Like right now, Barclays situation is a point oh oh four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have one more O in there, but it's okay. <laughs> oh, 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 there you go. Um, but yeah, no, I, I he's definitely frustrating. Um, there's a there's an I mean, it's not a, a tough argument to say Sekhon Barkley is the best running back in the NFL. He's not the best fantasy producer. You can't right. look at the stat lines and say he's the best. But when you if you put every running back in the exact same situation, a good one. I mean, we could absolutely. Could he not be doing what Jonathan Taylor is doing if he was with the Colts? I mean, give me a break. I love Jonathan Taylor, but to say Sequan Barkley couldn't do that, I mean, yes, he absolutely, it's a, a teaser. He absolutely could be doing that. Um, I'm going to say Allen Robinson. I, uh, so we'll see. I mean, we, we talked about Andy Dalton being a quarterback yeah. upgrade. We don't yeah. have Andy Dalton. We don't have Andy Dalton. We have Justin Fields, who is. We'll see you this week. Uh, yeah, so let's see. Let's see what we got. Now, the Darnell Mooney over Allen Robinson thing doesn't make sense to me, but the quarterback situation, it stinks. Uh, He's wide receiver 75. Can he please? Like Juju Smith-Schuster going to the Chiefs. We wanted that to happen so bad. Can Allen Robinson just... I think we mentioned this uh, like a month ago. Can he just tell his agent, here are the 10 teams or something I want... Tell me what their offers are. Don't tell me what the Jets are offering or any of these other situations. Tell me what the good teams, the optimal quarterbacks are. Say, oh, is Aaron Rodgers going somewhere? Where's he going? Can I get him? You know, how about the Chiefs? Are they hiring? I will take, I will take a, a, not even a hometown. I will take it away, uh, away town discount to go over to Kansas City. Yes, please. Can he get his best situation? Because guy can play, guy can ball. He's got multiple wide receiver one seasons, and yet he's been a relic for the past couple of seasons because of bad around him. Just overt bad. And I know he can play, but he's getting older. He's venturing closer to 30, but he's still got a lot of good production yet in him, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, when we used to talk about Allen Robinson, it was like he was quarterback proof. He had Blake Bortles. He had all kinds of crappy quarterbacks throwing him the football. And now, like, I really like Justin Fields, but I don't think they've unlocked him. And I'm not sure exactly the connection between him and Darnell Mooney more so than Allen Robinson. It's just not there. The, The chemistry, whatever it is, not there between Justin Fields and Allen Robinson. It could be the different routes and the length of time that it takes to get open compared to what Justin Fields is comfortable with. Whatever that case may be, it's not there. And I love, I agree with you. I love Allen Robinson. Can we please unlock him? He's still got a few more years left. Who's got the key to Allen Robinson's heart <laughs> and for his to unlock this? Exactly. Unlock the, the, the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, my next one, and again, I love talent over situation 100% of the time. And I've got a lot of DeAndre Swift shares, but man, those Lions suck. They suck. And so the game script is always negative game script for a running back. Even as one is as talented as DeAndre Swift, he can receive the ball out of the backfield. He played that role in Georgia all the time when Nick Chubb was the guy that was carrying the ball between the the tackles. And DeAndre Swift can do both. He is a bell cow type caliber 
they don't, they keep, they even keep saying, we want to give him more. We want to give him more. Well, then do it. What are you uh, waiting no, for? No, don't say give him more. Did you see the Steelers game? The freaking Steelers game, they gave him 33 carries when it was pointless. They were yeah. playing like nine, 10 man fronts. And it's like, what are we doing? You're playing to tie the game. You're a worthless team in a worthless game trying to have a worthless result. And, you know, the other team was trying to hand it to you as well. And it's like, you're just running your thoroughbred pedigreed back into the ground in this game for no reason. That was the thing that pissed me off. You're not even throwing him screens or anything. You're just running him into the pile. You're lucky he didn't get hurt. I mean, for goodness sake. I mean, he is the Austin Eckler type. You need to get him like 12, 14 carries, but like six or seven receptions. That's the formula. That's the formula to 20 touches. It's not 20 and two. Some of these games. Yeah, that team stinks. And you know what? I'm actually surprised to see this. He's got four rushing touchdowns. That's actually more than I would have thought considering how bad the Lions are. And they're getting worse. That's the problem. They're getting worse. So, down. I mean, I mean, think of what his upside is. He's already had a bunch of 20-point games. Thanks to him being a good receiver and then being down and feeding it. But imagine if they were a good team. Exactly. He'd be right up there. He'd be right up there doing what Taylor's doing, some of these other guys. Um, I'm going to say Corey Davis. Man, this, you know, Joe Flacco under center, Mike White under center. We'll see what Zach, Zach Wilson becomes. But right now, this year, he's been horrific. I dread when he comes back. Like, not that I'm starting Corey Davis, but you know what? Sometimes you get down to it. My wide receiver three in a lineup is Corey Davis. And you don't feel good about it. And part of that reason, earlier parts of the season, was that the quarterback play. It's all over the place. They can't sustain drives. You can't dump it down. We saw Mike White succeed. Why? He got the ball to his running backs. He took the easy yards. You took the easy five to eight yards of a check down. And Wilson's not seeing it. He's not getting off his reads. Corey Davis gets the targets. That's great. But when they're empty targets and they don't mean anything because they're off target, they're in, cont- they're in the wrong situations. When you're just getting targets and it's like, well, I'm double covered. Well, you threw it to me late in my route. The DB's on me right now. I'm, I'm way out of my break. Like You're not helping me at all. And yet at the end of the year, we're going to say, oh, wow, Corey Davis had you know, 117 targets. Great job. No, it wasn't a great job. You know, 20, 30 of them shouldn't have even happened. You know, they weren't even in the right part of the route. And now you've got Elijah Moore doing, contributing and doing something. So you actually have competition for targets where earlier in the year, you didn't have that. So for Corey Davis, I say, you went to a spot that you could be the wide receiver one. Congratulations. But I always say the historical part, which is if you're with a bottom tier quarterback, it's still being the wide receiver one going to be hard for you to get into the top 24. Well, yeah, and it looked good preseason. They were hooking up. They were connecting. They had chemistry. There was a lot of optimism. Hey, Corey Davis is going to be unlocked this year. And uh, then the uh, other team defenses dropped. The other team defenses started to play. Right. Yeah, you got sacks. You've got a lot of things on the fly. And as a rookie quarterback, there's a lot, a lot to absorb. He's had some time off. I don't know what he's absorbed. I know he's a worker. I know Zach Wilson will study film. He'll do whatever. He's going to be an overtime type of dude. So maybe it's next year that Corey Davis is unlocked. A lot can happen between now and and the offseason. But I do think Zach Wilson 
has some very good potential, and he's a hardworking guy to reach that potential. Don't know if it's going to happen. I just know those two ingredients are usually a key to to success, and hopefully that will lead to some Corey Davis success as well. I agree with you. I think that's a good call. Who's your next one? Okay, so my last one, uh, I've got the Denver Broncos just – overall wide receiver core and they need to be unlocked. They need a quarterback. And when I say unlocked, we know that drew lock is not the key. Um, you see all these hardware puns and, uh, no, I, I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater is a long-term thing. There's a lot of talk. Aaron Rodgers maybe to Denver, Deshaun Watson, maybe to Denver. They need, now that they've signed their quarterbacks, I mean, I'm sorry, their wide receivers to long-term, Corlin Sutton just got a deal and uh, Tim Patrick just got a deal. Where's the quarterback? Who's going to unlock these players because they all need no offense. I mean, being held back by the situation, the wide receiver core, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Corlin Sutton, and tight end Noah Fant. I think the sky's the limit for that core with a quarterback. Yeah, they they are the classic. I know you know listening to to Washington sports talk radio is it, a lot of it is well. Let's build everything else, and then we'll uh, we'll build this great defense, and we're going to draft you know around, and then eventually we'll just plug and play the quarterback. Okay, yeah, that's that's easier said than done. To actually just, you know, like the Rams, they they paid up, they got Matthew Stafford and they got a great team around him and uh they're ready to go. But Stafford types aren't typically readily available. And yeah, I I don't think I I, I do wonder in that same division, you you know, when when quarterbacks might have some semblance of choice, you do you want to go into a division with Mahomes and Herbert just to get out of your division? I mean, that is a, a question mark there. But you say, I mean, they drafted Javante Williams. They've re-signed all those wide receivers. They got Hamler and they've got Judy on rookie deals. They are loaded. And yet the quarterback is going to be the thing. And if they don't get that right, and whether if that's going the a, a new Teddy Bridgewater because they can't get one of those, as you said, top flight guys with a trade, then they might be stuck in neutral. And frankly... The, all these resignings, like so. Why do you spend a first round pick on Jerry Judy and a second round pick on KJ Hamler on cheap rookie deals if you're going to pay? And this has nothing to do with Tim Patrick, the player. But why would you pay? This is the Aaron Jones thing. Why are you paying Aaron Jones if you drafted AJ Dillon with meaningful capital as a potential workhorse? I don't understand. So Denver's going to pay two wide receivers and no disparaging Sutton or Patrick, but you just spent a first and a second round pick, and then another first round pick on a tight end. So they better be, they better be. Sell your whole draft, give them whatever they want. You better get the quarterback in there because that's the only thing that they could be one of the best offenses in the entire NFL next year if they get Watson or Rodgers or Russell Wilson or whoever of that ilk is possibly available. They better do everything they possibly can to get that guy. And if they get to the draft, and they have not executed that, I will say this is a categorical failure with what you have built because they are going to waste it. I agree. Absolutely waste it. 100%. So so it's it's on you, Denver. It is on you. And you know what? You have no excuses. Other than the division you play in, 
a quarterback should want to go there because that's probably Watson. I'll, I'll even say Watson, Wilson, and Rodgers. That's probably the best collection of talent they will play with. One through five around them. Running back all the way through tight end. And if they don't, I mean, so if it's the weather, if it's the division, whatever, but it can't be because of the surrounding talent. That is an all-star cast. And I'm going to go even more specific than you did. Instead of it's all on you, Denver, it's all on you, John Elway. Make this happen. Make it happen. You got to sell. I mean, let's be fair. I mean, they're middling, you know, miring through this season. If they mire through another one, I mean, you have a golden opportunity window here. And if you can't woo, if you have, I don't care what picks you got to give up, give them up. Because a three or four year run with Aaron Rodgers with this team, I mean, come on. Everything is in front of you. To say that the Chiefs are going to be a favorite over you next year in the division, that is not a given at all. So if you can get one of these guys, get them. I don't care what draft picks you got to give up or whatever. So, all right. uh, My last one is going to be Evan Ingram. And this guy can change the game at the tight end position. He is like a 4-4 at a tight end size body. And we saw him make extensive play down the field just uh, two or three games ago. He can do it. And he is miring through. He's not miring like an OJ Howard. Like that guy is like lost in the wilderness. But Evan Ingram is on a team with competition for targets. You already mentioned the Jason Garrett factor, the systematic failure of this offense with Sequan Barkley. Thank goodness Evan Ingram is a free agent in the offseason. Evan Ingram is going to be another one. Go somewhere that will use and appreciate what you can do. And it's not running three-yard out routes. It's not chipping over and over again. So have anyone else do that. Get Evan Ingram to basically be a Kyle Pitts type of like, okay, you're a wide receiver. Use you like like uh, Travis Kelsey. You're not going to have your hand in the ground almost ever. That's going to be your job. Catching passes, running the seam. Anytime there's a safety or a linebacker on somebody, we're going to you. That's what's going to happen. And then we'll see if he can fly and dominate or if he really is inconsistent and he doesn't deserve all that heat and all that love and all that smoke. Because I think he will. I think he can put up massive numbers. And he's got to be falling for, for startups in, the, in January because tight end 22, he, he's been on a straight downward trajectory since er, his first two or three years when he was producing on a per-game level, uh, per uh, level. And we were talking about injuries. We used to talk about injuries with him. Now we're talking about just can he get used more in an optimal fashion. All right, uh, Katie, closing out here. Thanksgiving week, it means a lot to you. We talked a little about your plans before the show, but what are you thankful for and uh, going into Thanksgiving week here? I want to start by saying that my mother passed away right around this time in 2003, and she loved Thanksgiving. Man, she loved the bigger the, the, the number of family and relatives that came over, the more, because she loved to cook for a big, big spread. I am thankful for those same genes coming from my mother. I love to cook and I love uh, the bigger the crowd, the better, the more that I can help and feed. I love it. And I'm going to my neighbors. I'm going to bake a couple of apple pies and some Vermont stuffing to bring the heritage from my mom and my dad and the whole family down to Texas and I look forward to that, but I'm very thankful for, I'm, I'm thankful for my friends and my family, my boyfriend, 
who absolutely loves Razorback football, NFL football. We, we get to relate on all kinds of levels. So it's so much fun, but on top of all that, I'm, I'm thankful for my job and my profession and what I do for daily living that I get to travel so much, meet a lot of great people, but I am also thankful for this podcast. Chad, I've been on this podcast since 2015. It's been six years going on seven. And it's exciting because I've got to meet a lot of great listeners. I've got to meet you and I've met Tim and I've met Jordan and I love you guys. It's like family. It's like homecoming, looking forward to the senior bowl. Um, Oh, you know, it's like when I see Marlo's birthday pop up, it's like, Hey, happy birthday, Mrs. P. Um, I, I just, I I'm thankful for just being able to do what I love and loving what I do. And so just thank you for the opportunity, Chad, because you've, you've really helped me get my voice. You gave me my first start. I've been on a lot of podcasts since, but um, when I, I remember when I first started, a lot of people were like, man, you're too close to Switzerland. You're too, you got to make a take. Like you got to have a side, pick a side. And now I've learned how to do that. And still like, if, if, if I don't pick a side, it's because it's so close, but if it, like now, if I have an opinion on something or somebody, I'm going to give it no, no worries because that's what it's all about. And yeah, I just, I re- go ahead. And no, I just, I just want to say thank you for that opportunity. 2015. Is that what you said? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. I, um, it's really funny, like how it happened over the years. I mean, basically, you we just started talking because you were a subscriber and we were talking yeah. dynasty and stuff like that. And I was really in the mode of, hey, just just start talking to people. And, and honestly, like having subscribers on, I mean, obviously, you would be one of the most glaring examples because now we're doing a show together every week. But just having subscribers on every year of talking about their drafts and helping them out with strategy sessions, but sharing those conversations because everyone has a voice. I love what you said there. That, that like you said, I mean, whether it's you know outside of your profession, outside of your social circle, but this is a new and kind of different level of presentation and communicating with others, but also recording it and and having a conversation that goes out there into the ether for all eternity for, for better parts of purchase. So it just... Yeah, and I I just remember like oh yeah like it just seemed like a logical thing you know well we like talking together so let's just start doing that and and it turns into who knows what but as you said I mean it's been six years or so now and just you know I haven't really thought twice about it and and I are you the only one that's met all uh, Tim Katie uh, sorry Tim Jordan and I because I haven't met Tim has Jordan met Tim. I don't think that you're. Yeah, I think it. you're the only one. Like, I yeah. think you're, you're the only one that ha- has gone full circle uh, in terms of meeting everybody else. Tim said he will come to the Senior Bowl. So, oh, that's awesome. So, no, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say oh. it was this year. Like, in, in oh, general, no. no, no, he will come. Like, I asked it's, him if that's not, actual. I, okay. I'm not guaranteeing. Like, we're not At putting some that point. out. But, but At yeah, some. like, it's not off the table per se. Right. So, okay. yeah. And, and I do want to say, that the uh, dare I say the uh, the UTH tour may or may not in uh, 2022 may might be coming back. There may oh, be there may be some Chad traveling the country a little bit here in 2022. So just know, in addition to obviously you know we got the Senior Bowl coming up in about two months or so. They pushed yeah. it back, right? It's back a week. Uh, it might probably be, yeah, because the NFL is yeah. So it might be the last week. Of, no, it might be. Is it February now? 
dare I say, is it the first week of February or is it last week of January? Somewhere in there. Um, somewhere, somewhere. Yeah, but but yeah, so later than usual, later than before. And uh, but yeah, senior bowl as well as uh again, is it weird though, Katie? Like anytime I go to a high school game or even like here, they actually do a really great job. They have a stream, they have a sports network for the county. So I get to see high school games like streamed on Facebook, which is really nice. Uh, like they have a feature game every week. But anytime I'm watching high school football, I always think of you. And I always think of Raheem Sanders, but like, it's interesting that I, that it's just that high school football, it's funny. Like you watch it and we're, we're so used to like the NFL and college, but high school is like where all these kids start. And it's yeah. really cool to watch them, whether it's like in their playoff system or trying to win their conference or whatever it is. And you're just watching these babies and you know, in two, three, four years, some of these kids are going to be, you know, Debbie possibilities. They're going to be playing on maybe big time college teams or heck, even if it's D2, they might be playing in meaningful games for their team or the playoffs or whatever. And then who knows? They might be the next, I don't know what position I play, Antonio Gibson, that someday is in the NFL and playing a notable role and frankly, more relevant than maybe even in high school or college. So it's really cool. Uh, Just a shout out to high school football as it's not that I see 10 live games a year, but seeing a few, I feel like it's supporting where what we, you know, what we do with fantasy football and the NFL and things like that, where it starts. And it starts with guys that are sophomores and juniors just trying to find their way on a high school team that may be good, may not be good, whatever. But but just, you know, they get limited touches. And and like I just think, like I said, last year with Raheem Sanders, that he was just playing all over the offense. Who knows? He's an offensive weapon. And now he's getting significant touches in a, a good Arkansas backfield. And it's just the uh, 12 months later. And it's just really cool to see that uh, that progression. And who knows? We might, Katie, interview Raheem Sanders someday at the Senior Bowl. That is possible. You know, I mean, just you go all the way. And you're like, I watched you when you were 17. It's possible, but I hope he comes out as a junior. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I hope he. I hope he. Yeah, he has enough stock, and you know things are pointing right. in the right direction for him to go all the way to uh, early declaration stage. I hope but, that when I get to meet him, it's it's for yeah. some other reason than the senior bowl. Yeah, and I and I will say this. Thank you to everybody that you know, Katie and I. You know, we do this every single week, and we do premium shows and all that kind of stuff. That I will just say thanks for if no one listened and no one supported, and no one ever subscribed, I will say it is really, really difficult to keep going for as long as I have. So you really do have to have some semblance of core superfan support. And those are the ones that will be there and say, whatever you're doing, I'm interested. If you're recording a show, if you're putting out rankings, you're writing an article, you're doing the dirty work every week and doing the calendar of Dynasty throughout the year over and over again. And saying what you're going to do, coming through with that commitment over and over again and saying, we support you. Thank you. Good job. Keep doing it. Uh, That more than anything else is the support it takes to do uh, something for as many years as I have. So thank you so much for giving that confidence. And there's been two or three key moments. I think I talked on one podcast a while back about just how I had issues with the podcast delivery platform around Thanksgiving last year had to change over. That was a big deal. Everyone hung through. They didn't even blink twice. We understand. In a few days, it's going to be a changeover. I emailed. It worked fine. The membership software a few years ago, I remember, was a big issue for like a week. 
it tore me up inside. But everyone else, when I emailed them what was going on and I felt bad about it, they're like, don't worry about it. We know when you get back, everything will be fine again. And it was. And they're like, it's not like we're going to cancel our membership. We still believe in you. Like, this is not, you know, it's not you just going dark and ignoring us. So, all those things, I just want to say thank you over the years when things are going well, when things are not going well, but saying, we believe in what you are doing and having a big enough core of super fans makes it worthwhile of being able to do what we love on a weekly basis, which is trying to win dynasty leagues and talking about football. And that's really what it distills down to. So thank you, Katie, for being uh, you know, my sidekick, co-host, and, and friend over all these years. And it really just started with some conversations, probably talking about your draft. <laughs> it's probably yeah. how it started back in 2015. And yeah, I always remember questions and, 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 and there's these moments. I forget almost everything in my life. But one thing I would remember is walking around in a snowstorm in DC and we were drafting David Johnson in a startup draft <laughs> in point in point per carry after trading down or something. I just yeah. you know and it's just walking around and it's 20 degrees outside, but Katie and I are talking for a half hour about our draft pick or or about a trade. Um, so do want to remind you again, if, if you like this show, you love what we've been doing, support it by becoming a general manager subscriber. You won't regret it. Uh, you get a ton of premium shows um, every week and every year that you sign up. And so for Katie Flower at FF underscore Skyler 399, I am at Chad Parsons NFL. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy the extra time spreading out the football love this week. And uh, again, hopefully we're pushing towards the fantasy playoffs and hopefully that includes a great majority of your teams. Never settle. Refuse to be average. Keep building those dynasties.